All right, y'all are in for a treat. This one was so much freaking fun. It was so special. I got to sit down with my brother, Brad Paisley, and talk about country music for an hour, which I didn't know that that was my greatest dream, but it was. Today on Your Faves Faves, Brad is sharing his top five favorite women in country music. And if you are not a country music fan, let me explain to you who Brad is. He has sold over 11 million albums and has won three Grammys, 14 ACMs, 14 CMAs, and two American Music Awards. He set a new record in 2009 for the most consecutive singles, 10 of them reaching the top spot on the charts. He also earned country music's crowning achievement, becoming a member of the Grand Ole Opry. So whether you are a country music fan or you just love talking about music as much as I do, you're going to dig this episode of your faves faves. If you love it, let's get the word out, sisters and brothers. Take a screenshot or a picture of yourself, put it on social, tag me, tag Brad, let us know what you thought of our conversation. Also let us know if there's a woman in country music that you feel like he should have put on the list. Thanks as always for subscribing to the podcast. Here is today's episode. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is your Faves Faves. Well, what will your category be? Women in country music. So tell me... What's the first woman, the first female country singer you are going to put on your list? Let's start with currently. Let's okay. okay let's start with my longtime partner in crime, Carrie Underwood. Right. Okay. So tell us when did you first meet her, or were you did you like know her through music before you got to meet her in real life? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I like everyone. I saw her win American Idol, and and also very clearly be, you know, right after Kelly Clarkson had gone on and become, who knew what she was going to become? She's now even bigger than ever. But with Carrie, here's a pure country, you know, Oklahoma girl that you realized it's like, okay, there are going to be people that come and go from this show, but this person is going to rule. Mm. wherever she chooses and she does but you know i did not expect and none of us could have expected what she would bloom into i mean we're talking about like you know great singer charismatic and all that but who knew that she would become this gold standard in every way you know and i'm lucky that i got to uh for so many years and for, and throughout, you know, and and through our friendship and through collaborations, I got to stand next to her as we watched her become a force, both uh, musically and also as a host, as a personality and a businesswoman. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she reminds me in so many ways of Dolly in the way that Dolly, like who would have thought that Dolly would like, here's this amazing beautiful woman from East Tennessee that turns into a mogul. (laughs) No. And, you know, not everybody has that in them. Mm -hmm. And Carrie became this unbelievable, ah, man, I I just like, I watched her when we first started hosting the CMAs, 
and we were kind of handed scripts first year. It's like, okay, we rewrote a little and cause it just didn't feel quite like us, but it was last minute and we didn't have a lot of time to prepare by the second year. We were really starting to both get involved and like going, no, 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 here's what we should do. And we discovered our personalities together as a hosting duo and mm -hmm. as friends. And, you know, we met shortly after she won American Idol. She, she had her first hit, Jesus Take the Wheel. What a first hit. Right. It wasn't like, right. you know what I'm saying? It's not like, right. it's, it's not like you'll never remember her first song. So no, you'd never forget her first song. Yeah. It was incredible. And it just got better. And so she went out as an opening act on the road with me. It was one of her first tours. Oh, I don't think I became, knew that. Yeah, we became friends right away. You know, she's a really good person. And that's that's the trick. Everything that she does has that underneath. I'm curious because given your experience in this industry, you have to have seen people come and go, like people who are super talented or people who had that certain something. Or what do you think it is like that makes it so that someone sort of just hits that wave and goes? Like, what is it about the personality or is it work ethic or is it you are just a genuinely nice human and you're willing to work hard? And so people want to help kind of. Oh, that, that has nothing to do with it sometimes. <laughs> I think it's different for everybody, but there's some, there's got to be some combination of those things. And there's always the X factor too, of right. like, there's some luck involved in any music career, but it's a lot more work than luck. And in Carrie's case, you know, we had some candid conversations early on where she always felt a little bit like people said, oh, you won American Idol, so you didn't have to pay your dues, which isn't true. She paid her dues all the way up to that. And then it's kind of, it reminds me of the Dodgers winning the World Series last year. They played a 60-game season versus a 160-game season, you know. People can say, oh, man, they won it on a 60-game season. So did everybody. Everybody else lost it on a 60-game season. <laughs> yeah, that's real. She won. That's She real. won fair and square with all of her talent. And in that sense, like, I think, you know, we're talking about the idea that destiny had some part in it. But at the same time, that only gets you so far. There's a lot of names none of us remember that won that show. That's real. And she is the face of country music and for so many years and in so many ways. And, and in that sense, um, yeah, I, I just think that it's inspiring. It's, it reminds me of my new song in the sense that she just does not stay in her lane. It's like, mm -hmm. you can say, you know, great singer, very pretty. There's your lane. No, right. she right. is so smart and funny and talented and able to do. And, and a businesswoman with a, with a athletic, apparel line and a selling just everything out that she does. It's great. I love that. All right. We got Carrie Underwood, who is the second person on your list. I think, uh, let's talk about Maren Morris right now, who okay. is fearless. I mean, Honestly. Fearless. Honestly. Yes. Agreed. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, Maren isn't afraid to call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. She isn't afraid to cut great music and go. And I realized that kind of personality that provokes both thought, discussion, and <laughs> dissension and anger, and also agreement, 
isn't for everybody, but all of us aren't for everybody. Right. Yeah, no, in in that sense, it's it, there's an honesty to Marin that I appreciate. I, even even if there's any ever ever any time when I disagree with her, the fact that I know that when <laughs> when something happens, the female perspective is going to be addressed by Marin. Yeah. Oh boy. Right. You know, and and, and and in within that industry and in that genre of music, it's even more controversial than it would be in another yeah. place to sort of step like, hello, I feel like we're setting up your song very well, but to to sort of stay in what is expected of you and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to politely answer or support or not support. So yeah. I get that for sure. That's a huge deal. Yeah. And then musically speaking, Look, uh, Marin's much younger in her career than somebody like Carrie and obviously than somebody like Dolly or anybody who's been around forever. But she is, uh, I just get the sense the sky's, that it's, not, you know, sky's the limit. You know, that doesn't feel like there's an expiration date on Marin's career. So, I, I mean, it's early to say. Yeah. Hope I'm, hope I'm right about that. I just think yeah. she will be around a long time. So, and I, I respect people who are willing to be brave. I'm curious when you're you're in the studio like you are now, how much of that, how much do you walk in and you have a really good idea of what you're going to do and how much is you sort of tinkering and kind of figuring it out? Well, to me, it comes down to what are you writing? Like there's a song underneath. So musically speaking, that dictates, like in that sense, I don't always know where it's going. But when there's a song, an idea, a hook, and it's like, this is where I want to go, it starts, the map gets clearer. Mm-hmm. But like... There's so many of these things that add color to what I do, like pick the right guitar for the right song for the right thing, and it'll inspire the right notes. And it's painting. And sometimes you don't know for sure what your painting is going to look like when it's done. Do you start with, do you hear a melody or do you start with, is it a line? Is it a, what usually is the the thing that, like you're saying there's a song buried underneath, what hints you into the fact that that might be true? I always start with the lyric. Um, melodically, I find the the one that I feel fits the lyric. Like, like I'll give you an example. Like, if we're talking about this song, like in my phone, there's this, there's a list of like crazy. These are all, these are all titles right there. Those are all titles. See Just stuff that's like popped into your head over yeah, time. Yeah, like there's one right there. Like if I go down to where's it at? It's right here she's a little off-road and it's like and i sat down with lee miller and ross copperman my new producer and co-writer on this and you know ross is a guy who melodically will bring something out and i'm like you know i got this idea it's like girl doesn't do what she's supposed to do you know and no one can stop her type thing mm-hmm. run through roadblocks you and uh you know, and it's like, what melodically says that? Mm. And the melody, like my melody would have been different. I think I even had some, like my original, but my co-writer on this, Ross and Lee also, but Ross especially musically immediately went with, uh, she's a little off road, gravel dust on her, you know? And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I'm just going to be singing that all day. And yeah. you knew it felt like, it felt like the, you know, the, the it's got a match. Like you can't have a real sad melody on a happy song and vice versa. 
how does it work when you've done duets? I'm thinking of you talking about, you know, Carrie or Marin, and maybe there's something in the future, but like when you're building that out and you know, you're writing something that has another singer in it, do you know who you want that to be before? Like, as you're writing, are you like, oh my gosh, like this, this needs her ability to belt or this needs that sort of smoky quality to her voice. Like how much are you building for a specific Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes uh, you write a duet before you realize who'd be good. And other times you write it going uh, with the song Remind Me, which Carrie and I did. I wrote that. I called her in the middle of writing it saying, hey, I think this would be really cool. This is this is a question and answer like you're finishing each other's sentences type song where you've lost the spark. And here's what I'm writing. And I kind of mumbled the verse and it's like, I'm like, show me your key on this. Mm. I'm like, what's too high? Cause she's going to sing an octave higher than me. And she's like, Oh, I don't know. I'm like, no, seriously, what's too high. And she's like, well, I don't really know. And I'm like, have you ever had something too high? She's like, no. And there isn't, there isn't a note too high for her. She'll hit it. So if you can hear it or your dog can hear it, she can hit it. So You know, but I sang and I was like, you know, it's like we didn't care if people stared, we'd make out all that. And it's like, I want to write the song where it's the physicalities out of a relationship and we're singing from the perspective of remind me, but not remind me of like of of anything like the laundry needs done (laughs) or remind me to do the dishes tonight like my wife is doing on a daily basis. (laughs) But remind me of what it's like like I sang the chorus and I'm like been so long bet you forget the way I used to kiss your neck and I'm like where would you and she's like remind me and it's like oh yeah yeah that's it and that's the first time you hear her in the songs we wrote that and I ran it by her as I was writing it going does this key work and she's like yeah that's great we did that and then you should it was like a few short days later she's in the studio and the minute she sang that it was like, oh my God, that's going to go nuts. That's yeah. just fantastic. But and then there's other times like Whiskey Lullaby. Yeah, that's what I was um, wondering about. Because she's that's so, a, oh, like her so, voice is so soulful. And that song is so like, rip your heart out. Well, that one's a great example of, you know, like I didn't write that. That was Bill Anderson and uh, John Randall. And they, and I, so I get the song and I'm listening and I'm like, it's just a man singing the whole song. It's oh, really? Duet. Yeah. Oh wow! Like second verse was the guy still singing. The rumors flew. Nobody Whoa. knew how much she'd blame herself. And I went, "Oh, that's that should be the woman." Yeah, that's. And good. so then I'm like, "Okay, this is a ghostly, angelic. It's angels sing a whiskey lullaby. Mm-hmm. Who's the angel? <laughs> that's right, Allison Krauss. Right. If if I get to heaven and angels don't sound like <laughs> Allison Krauss." I'm pissed. I'm pissed. You know, I don't want to so go. That's so <laughs> real. Right. Um, I feel like I could just, we could be done right now. That just like made my heart so happy to understand how that works. Did you know, like from a, a young age in your career, would you have had the courage to say there needs to be another person in this? Like, have you always had that sort of collaborative creative piece or have you learned to sort of use your creative voice as you become more successful? I don't know. I, I think you learn these things. You know, I didn't know half of this stuff when I got a record deal and you don't have to, you know, I didn't know how to host a television show or, or even hit record in a studio until I Mm -hmm. took that class. 
you know? So I, I think you can practice your craft, but then the, the curveballs are where you start to, you learn to hit the curveball. Mm-hmm. That's, That's all. We're back to baseball again. We're going to do baseball yeah. analogies all That's, I'm great with sports. I, I'm a little I'm fired up about the season starting. So, yeah. <laughs> when does it start? Well, spring training started. So they're playing spring training games now, which you can watch, which are always fun because it's them trying out players and the, the real veterans only play a, an inning or so. And then there's a bunch of no names and you start crossing your fingers. A few of them make the team. They're playing now, though. And now, are you a Dodgers fan? Because you wear mm-hmm. LA hats a lot. And I'm curious how I actually have just weirdly always been wondering about this as a fan of yours is how and how on earth did you did LA become your team? I uh, sang the national anthem at a Dodger game in early 2002 or one or something like that, because I was out in LA and they would get new artists to sing national anthems. And that was like the last national anthem I did. Cause I don't love singing that. I, I love it at the right event, but for the most part, it's like singing at a wedding. Everyone wants to just get through it. Just get through this. Everybody's nervous for you. Please don't mess it up. Yeah, don't mess it up. We all know the words (laughs) and we all know if you're wrong. And uh, and then I didn't sing another one. And but I became a fan, especially uh, Mary and Kim and moving to L.A. part of the time, having a place out there. I started to go to those games Mm. versus because we don't have a team in Nashville. And um, and, you know, I don't I can't root for the Astros. So no, no offense. Okay. No, but no now it's we like, know. But like uh no, no, I'm a little mad. No, but it's like uh, you know, when it comes to sports, it's like I started taking my kids to those games and got to know Clayton Kershaw, a good Texas boy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh really, really well, as well as a bunch of the players, Justin Turner and everybody. And I love that team. I just love them. And I I was funny, my oldest turned 14 uh last week. And I went and dug up the baby photos of the, his birth. And there's this, I'm wearing a Dodger cap in that, that I still have. So I worked that whole day. It's all dirty on the inside, you know, it's the, but I was like, this is the hat I wore when you were born. And it's pretty neat to come full circle, take him to those games and, you know. Very cool. Yeah. Now I've answered that mystery in the, that I've always wondered. What is your third favorite female country singer for your list uh yeah oh let's go to dolly let's go ahead and talk about i hope so i mean changing the world right just you know funding a vaccine being herself like unapologetically for decades and decades my my Uh, wife was in one of her movies for netflix uh last year two years ago she was in jolene she played the woman that jolene spurns um (laughs) Julianne Huff was Jolene, which meant they were technically fighting over me, even though I wasn't in it. Great, great. It's not that a bad. That's what I said. Though. I, I used that as the promo for it everywhere we went. So. Yeah, no, that feels that feels good. But you um, know, it was like they. Uh, I mean, she's just reinvented this. I mean, you want to talk about a third act? Honestly, uh, changing the world in every way, and and doing it with class. I'm really lucky. Uh, you know, I got to know her, and I've done a few things with her we did the song when i get where i'm going together and that was example of picking the voice that i thought should be the authority vocally just stylistically on you know i I just hope and heaven 
And just, I don't know. She, she came in, I I sent her the song and she said, this is a song for my granddaddy. Cause in in the second verse, it says, I'm going to walk with my granddaddy and he'll match me step for step. And in the music video, she came over and filmed on the porch here. And she held a picture of her grandpa in the music video, her old grandpa. And, and when she comes in singing, and she sings hallelujah towards the end of it. It's this just way that her voice does it. I think back to Dolly. And like we say, like we were talking about with Carrie, who knew this girl from East Tennessee, who's doing duets with Porter Wagner early on, would become the person that when you land in England, this is the first time I ever went to England to tour. You land in England and we get in the cab from the airport. And the cabbie's like, what do you do? And I said, I'm a country singer. And he's like, oh, like country and Western. And it's like, yeah, that was a bad English accent. No, I, I mean, it was that, that it could have been worse. I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> just do the rest of like, the interview. Yeah, let's just see how offensive I can get. And he's like, I said, do you like country music? And he's like, I like Dolly Parton. <laughs> and it's like. Every I would ask that question in cabs in London. First time I ever went. You like country music? I like Dolly Parton. Without it was like Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton. Yep. To them. Yep. She's the gold standard and personality, actress, mogul, vaccine developer, <laughs> <laughs> right? Movie producer, theme park operator. I mean, right. I don't know what else she. I mean, what else she got to do? She's saving lives and making you know, movies and whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I think what what's so amazing about her, like my favorite thing about Dolly is that she has just kept like her word to herself. There was a, now it's like, oh, she's Dolly Parton and the hair and the whole thing. And, but even if you look back at when she first started, she was doing things and choosing things that were so countercultural for what was accepted at that time. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, right. and I, cause I've watched document, like I'm a massive Dolly Parton fan. And if you look at her early music, which was sort of presented in a way that was stylistically what was appropriate. But honestly, if you listen to those lyrics for that time period, some of those songs were radical, yeah. what she was talking about and what she was saying. And I feel like she just has kept true to that narrative, whether people got it or not. And then eventually I feel like society catches up with you sort of being yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I've said this about Dolly. I love people that are self-effacing, that are willing Mm -hmm. to laugh at their either flaws or times they mess up, which is my wife is like that. She will be the first one to crack up at, at something when she says the wrong thing or does the wrong thing. And that's the thing about Dolly. You can't land a punch. Like there's no, like when you think about it, when she stands up and says, it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. Yep. Can't land a punch. Right. You know what I mean? You can't, like you can't, if you want to criticize her for anything, plastic surgery, Mm -hmm. she's like, she's like, you know how much these breasts cost? Right. Can't land a punch. You know what I'm saying? Like you can criticize anything about her and she'll go, I know you're right. (laughs) And be, and you're like, okay, I love her. Right. That's, what a lesson in life, yeah. you know, to, to, to be like, she never takes it. I've never seen her get mad. That's real. Have you? And I don't think I've no. ever seen her get mad. Well, and I think there's something to this idea of, I feel like you said this about Carrie, but it's the idea of 
staying true to yourself, but also a reinvention in how you're presenting your craft mm-hmm. because she has, she like stylistically, you know, steel magnolias. I, I, like she's still coming out with music during a freaking pandemic. Like, Oh yeah, here's something to make you feel hopeful. Mm-hmm. Just it's, it's wild. And, and I feel like you will confirm this. I have only ever heard the greatest things about her. Like she is one of few people in entertainment that everyone's like, no, 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 no. She will exceed your expectations because yes. I have this attitude of, I never want to meet my heroes. Cause that's mm-hmm. gone sideways for me a couple of times. And people mm-hmm. are like, no, no. If you ever have the chance, it will be better yeah. than you. You want to meet her. Yeah. That. Yeah. You are not. There's a few the people like that. that. There's, a, there's a few people like that. You want to meet her. You want to meet yeah. Dolly because he's like, just do it. It, it will not, it, your highest expectations will be surpassed. Yeah. You are not the first person to say that. So someday post pandemic. We'll make that that happen. Great. Great. I would say she should do this, but I don't think she knows what zoom is. I know. She does not. That's the other thing is it's a, that's a lesson. She doesn't do social media or I don't think she texts. Like I think, I don't think she has a a dream. What a dream. What a life that must be. Like, I remember I was going to thank her. I, there was something I was going to do. This is a year or two ago, but it was like, I was, I wanted to thank her about something and uh, that we were doing. I did like a tribute to her for the ACMs one year and and presented her with an award. And I got like a, an email sent from her assistant. That was a facsimile copy of her, <laughs> of her written note to me. You know what I mean? That's like, precious. Yeah. What an existence. So. Honestly. I'm trying to get back to that at some point in my life. Just like go back to like the flip phone and not have to deal with anything that feels like the answer to a lot of problems. What is uh, your fourth? While we're talking about that era, let's go back to Loretta Lynn because look, (laughs) when, when you're like, think about this woman in the sixties is doing honky tonk music at a time when the, the airwaves were sort of full of, this majorly pop produced orchestral, which I love. I love the Patsy Klein records and all of that. Right. But Loretta Lynn was doing, you know, you ain't woman enough to take my take man. My man. Yeah. And fist city and the pill, the pill. Have I mean, you ever seen the, the movie uh, starring, Sis, I think it's Sissy yeah, Spacek. Of oh course. my God. I've seen that like a hundred times with you. you know, I mean, it's like if you think about if you think about like the idea that you could make a movie of a woman's life and it's a good movie, mm-hmm. because as interesting a lives as we've led, they'd have to. I know in my case, if you made a movie of me, you'd have to you'd have to like embellish, yeah. <laughs> especially this year. Right. This right. year would be like and today he's moving dirt. In his Kubota skid steer. And tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow he will be fishing. Right. And the day after that, he'll be back to moving dirt and maybe fish when he's done moving dirt. Yes. That's been this year, you know, and then oh, he'll be on Zooms with fans, but whatever. I mean, you know what I mean? And yeah, but it's like, it's like, listen, listen to the, the pill lyrics song by Loretta Lynn. You wind me and you dine me when I was your girl. Promised I'd be your wife. You showed me the world. You'd show me the world. But all I've seen this of this old world is bad and a doctor bill. I'm tearing down your brooder house because now I've got the pill. What? 
the year, think about it. Like right. the year was like, the, I forget what year it was, 60 something. Let me look it up. The, no, 1975. Holy crap. She's singing about the pill. <laughs> and, you know, before anybody on here gets mad, I'm not, uh, you know, we're not saying whether that's right or wrong. I'm just saying she did that. Yeah. She yeah. sang that. Again, in in a in a type of music too, that if there was a genre to accept it, it definitely wasn't the one she was. It wasn't that. Of. Yeah. No, it wasn't that. Yeah. And and more than that, like I've thought about something Harlan Howard used to say, which was just so genius, which was people would get mad at Harlan for writing all these cheating and drinking songs. Like there were like some of his preacher friends and stuff would be like, Harlan, why do you do that? He's like because people do that. When they stop yep. doing that, I won't write about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But country music's supposed to be that. It's supposed yeah. to be authentic and real. And Loretta just, I mean, when I think of like Buck Owens being my hero musically as a maverick who would not toe the line and make cosmopolitan country music at the time, he was willing to put twangy electric guitar on stuff and be the honky tonk singer that he thought the world needed. But, I feel like you could talk to a lot of people who would not know who you're talking about, except that I'm from Bakersfield. So he is right. a, oh, like a hometown right. like hero. Buck mm-hmm. Owens is super important where I come from. So oh, he's yeah. important to country music in a way that no one realizes. And, yeah. Uh, but he, you talk about a maverick. This is a man though, who was a, country singer a male country singer in the 60s who went his own way but for a female mm-hmm. like loretta lynn to do the same thing musically and say screw you i'm singing about birth control <laughs> I mean, yeah it's like uh the the nerve and yeah, the, yeah unbelievable so, so yeah rad. loretta's got to be on the list um just because you know and, and in that sense yeah, I, I just can't even. Uh, there's just the, the list could be 30 miles long. Honestly. Though so I would love, not on your list, it sounds like, but I would love perspective just because I like hearing how you explain the musicality of this. Like Patsy Cline, mm-hmm. just as a voice and as like those mm-hmm. songs and what they meant, like explain, like just because you have such a richer history of this world than I do great voice, beautiful, all of those things, but more in the style of what would have been acceptable of that time period. Does that feel accurate? Yeah. Patsy Klein records, you know, like crazy, you know, they're country as can be. They are, they're written by a country writer, obviously, and they are, but you know, when you hear the strings come out, crazy, crazy for feeling so lonely, you know, the way they were produced at the time was you could have taken her voice off and stuck Sinatra on there. Mm, I see what you're saying. And that's yeah. fantastic. That that worked. And there's a reason that sold like hotcakes. And was then that- a lot of the singers in country music did followed suit. I mean, Tennessee Ernie Ford and uh, Jim Reeves and these guys, they were all doing this, what you would call, they called it the Nashville sound. And Chet Atkins kind of pioneered that, throwing a big orchestra behind and putting a bunch of strings. And but for in Patsy was the like, you know, and and then the idea too that she died too soon just makes her in the same way that Hendrix is, you know, there's this what might have been romance to 
the fact that the career was this brilliant, short, perfect little like capsule of amazing music, you know, and in that sense. Would would you describe what her music was as something that was more, I don't know another way to say it, but kind of like produced by a studio for lack of a better word, like almost like an actress of that time period, like a studio kind of makes them what they are versus a Loretta who was sort of beating her own drum, creating her own thing. Like, is that the difference there? I think that in the case of somebody like Patsy, it wasn't her chasing success that led to that. Everyone who followed her chased that. Whether or not that's what they wanted to be doing, they were chasing the dollar because she Mm. was raking it in and was just... But in Patsy's case, it's the music it should have been. I mean, that's really great. But for a inevitably, like Patsy was what you would call a crossover artist for sure. She had success in pop. And but when you look at someone like Loretta to say, you know, I'm going to be singing, uh, you know, coal miner's daughter. I'm proud to be a coal miner's daughter. And immediately you've cut your sort of fan base down when you're not going to be played on other charts. Yeah. There's no way you play coal miner's daughter on top 100. <laughs> right. Um, right. But you can play crazy on the the pop charts and it did, yeah. you know, and yeah. And sweet dreams that that was played on pop charts. I mean, so the, you know, in that sense that's why Loretta baffles me. Just the fact that she had so much success not afraid to shy away from those topics that yeah like you say in country music no one was ready for that mm-hmm. and she did it anyway and no one ran her out of town all right we've made it to your fifth choice that's a good question now yeah. i'm sitting here going who who gets the fifth slot mm-hmm. that's a big one i think i'll go with allison because i think i'll go with allison krauss even though i i mean i you could so easily talk just as long about tammy Wynette. Mm-hmm. Uh, tackling subjects like I don't want to play house was ridiculous. <laughs> Makes my uh, that song was just like think about it. It's like you know you overhear your kids talking in the backyard and oh, I, I don't want to play house. It doesn't look like fun. I've watched mommy and daddy, and if that's the way it's done, I don't want to play house. Uh, makes my mommy cry because when they played house, my daddy said goodbye. It's like, what? Right. I mean, that lyric, you know, I could say the same about Tammy and I ought to give her the slot, but I want to talk about Allison because Allison is a great example of, I don't know what to call her, like where she fits other than yeah. everywhere. Yeah. She fits everywhere. Yeah. She always sounds like Allison. And when she ma- when she makes a progressive record, it still sounds like Allison, but it's no longer necessarily pure bluegrass. When she does bluegrass, it's the best you've ever heard. Yeah. When she does, when she jumps on a country record, like I was lucky enough to have her do, it becomes the greatest country record it could have ever been. When she guests on a pop or rock thing, and then she plays the fiddle, <laughs> like like she's the has the best fiddle tone I've ever heard. I, I don't think there is a better fiddle player in Nashville. If she wanted to be the top session player, she could be, be that. Yeah, I, I just think um, in that sense, and there's a purity to Allison in the sense that she's not interested in being an actress. Yeah. 
launching. She doesn't ever seem like was ever an interest in being like super famous or super successful. She always strikes me as an artist who was there for the art and the craft and the creativity. And if you didn't get it, it didn't matter because you weren't supposed to get it. And that's, and it's interesting. It's equally admirable to be Dolly or Carrie Mm -hmm. or Allison. Like Dolly and Carrie certainly have each had, you know, movie things and hosting things and probably clothing line stuff for Dolly. I don't know what Dolly's would be, but I I can imagine they're moguls. Mm -hmm. Allison is like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to make all of the music I want to make in every way. And I don't really care what you call it. Yeah. And inevitably in bluegrass, bluegrass is similar to country in the sense that there's a lot of purists, but she belongs there. Dolly said this, and it replies to Allison when some when Dolly went off and did you know nine to five and a bunch of these things and started making some pop records and some of the stuff she did with Kenny when it was Kenny and Dolly doing stuff those were Islands in the Stream was on the country chart but it was also on the pop chart it was a pop song Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. somebody said Dolly why are you leaving country music she said honey I ain't leaving country music I'm taking it with me (laughs) and that is exactly the case with Allison anything Allison does takes bluegrass with her Mm-hmm. And she can go cut the poppiest, most progressive alt music you can think of. And it makes you go, I think I want to listen, go dig up some bluegrass. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm really, really lucky that I got to be on a what I think is a, one of the timeless country records with her. Man, I feel like also if you haven't ever considered having a podcast where you just dissect country music or maybe uh, all music the limits I feel of like, my knowledge right now no what are you talking about i feel like you just explain things in a way like i i, I the other day i interviewed um gail simmons who's a i don't know if you watch food network or top chef or whatever but i feel like anytime that someone is deeply passionate about a subject they bring a nuance to it that if it's not your subject you don't know those things so she was talking about food through the lens of the culture of the city that shapes the food that you're eating. And I was just like, yes, I never thought about that. But of course, the French influence in New Orleans and whatever. And I feel like you are doing that with music in a way. Like when we are experts on a subject, like you were expert on this, we don't realize how much knowledge we're holding. So not that you have the time because you're digging a lot of dirt and fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But how would I possibly have the time? I mean, we... We recently had to put all the animals in the barn. We were, I did a funny video that was a, uh, I never posted it, but I should at some point now that it's all over and right. somehow survived. But I, yeah. I ran a bed and breakfast for a week. I had two for horses, animals? two donkeys and two ducks. <laughs> the ducks were in the tack room and we set them up with a suite. Basically it was hilarious. Because they would have died. It was down to right. Five or it was crazy. It was it was crazy. And I know you guys but got it in Tennessee. That's too. taking all my time these days. When you look into, I know not this year, but like 2022, is that when like you feel like touring happens again and like you're out in the world? Is no, that I, the dream? I think we're out this year. You can do something. Okay. Okay. For sure. I think for sure. I mean, if we if it's true that we have the ability to get the adults vaccinated by early summer. I see no reason why we can't in some form or fashion be out there rocking out by at least fall. But I think, I think summertime when you're talking about outdoor venues, yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. know that we all need to be packed in an arena in July yet, but I don't know. But I think that what's the harm in 
some situation where we're all outdoors and all of the vulnerable people, vulnerable people, my my old farts on my road crew included are vaccinated yep. by then, yep. you know. And yep. I mean, man, I, I just think we're gonna be, I think this year we're gonna see a big difference. I honestly I feel like if we all could just go to an outdoor summer country music concert, the hope that that would renew in our soul to like stand in the sunshine and drink beer and sing to your favorite song would just be like, yeah. oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. We have um, the tools at our our disposal to do this. And, yeah. and I think we'll get there. And I think that um, in our case, like, you know, I want to do it right. But I know like last year we did, we did this weekend where we did drive-in shows in mm-hmm. Nashville, Indianapolis and St. Louis. And we played to an entire outdoor, what would have been the parking lot to the venue we would have played mm-hmm. is instead where we played. We played the yeah. parking lot. We set this big stage up with a big video monitor. And then there were cars as far as you could see the, the back row of cars was a quarter mile away. It was a weird experience because it was a removed audience to some mm-hmm. degree, but it was a beautiful experience. But if I can do that last summer in July, that's real. Then we should be able to be this summer with 70% of our population vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why can't we be standing out there in yep. some form? Yeah. And I think we will. I, I really believe we will. But I, I'm gonna wait on them to tell me it's all right. Yeah. Well, I'm there. I'm ready. I'm you know, I'm ready to go whenever that's happening again. What do you want to sing? At, at your concert? Yeah, we'll have you. We'll do a duet with you. Okay, great. I'm I'm let's no, you don't want that at all. But we'll do, I we'll try it. remind me. Go learn, <laughs> remind me. We'll see how yeah, it goes. I'll go. I'll I'll do the high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's where it's at. I will say, I think I said this to you the first time we got to talk, but you are one of my favorite concerts ever. Oh, every nice. single time. Like I've seen you at Hollywood Bowl a million like I it is the you most saw us at Hollywood Bowl. I didn't Yeah, know that. more than weren't you you've been there more than once, yeah? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh more than once. If you were in town, I was at that concert. And I was always surprised by the amount of uh hillbillies, myself included, who would show up in LA and mm. just lose their freaking minds. Uh, no, it's, so, uh there's a lot more country fans out there than people think. Absolutely. Uh, it's my some of my favorite gigs ever in America are both the Hollywood Bowl and Staples out there. Yep. I mean, it's yeah, it is a vibrant country's everywhere, though. It works right. everywhere. I mean, right. Jones Beach in New York is an incredible gig. We were supposed to play that last year. I'm hoping that we make these up, and I think we will. I think there's gonna be overload. I think everybody's like, I'm going every night to a concert. At some yep. point, it'll be like, yeah. yeah, that's that's another thing we talked about, like the idea that sound check. The first day when we set up and we're sound checking and we know we're playing a gig that night, it's going to be the craziest feeling. But by the next day, I'm going to be complaining about the monitors. <laughs> right. I'll already be there. And right. Look, last night was a blast. That was great. It's really great to be back. Can't believe we're back. But I'm telling you what, if it sounds like that tonight, I'm how glorious pissed. will it be to complain yeah, about yeah. the mix? Honestly, honestly. Well, I am super grateful for this time. I'm always Me grateful too. to get to talk to you, but this was such a treat. I cannot wait. I'm, I swear, like, I can't wait. I'm in the front row. Let's, I just want to sing all the songs. So Me I'm going to pray for that for all of us here real soon. Is the new song an indication that there's an album coming or is that just something that you did inside of these times? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, I've written a, a lot of new songs. Uh, that's the one that we dropped just now and we've we'll got more to come. And um, I think so. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I certainly am writing one. I don't know if they'll ever release it, but I'm writing one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure no one wants that from you. Well, brother, I appreciate the time as always. And I'm looking forward to the day that we're Kimberly's there. We're all having, you know, scotch or whiskey or just like seeing people in real life. It's going to be a scotch and whiskey. All of it. Great. What do you mean? Or. There's no or. It's, it's going to be and. Great. No more ors. <laughs> all right. Have a fantastic week. And you. You I hope too. we get to hang out someday soon. It's going to be sooner than we think. Your Faves Faves is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support from Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Your Faves Faves is a 3% chance production.